started grimace a little bit when the, the guy was singing the solo. Couldn't quite hear that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's more a baritone. Good morning. Good Welcome morning. to First Baptist Church. Happy Mother's Day. What a fantastic day we have to celebrate our moms, our mother figures. Um, We are so blessed to have those women in our lives. Um, We are so excited to praise the Lord today. Are you ready to praise the Lord? All right, let's stand together and praise his name. You 
a big hand right now, guys. I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to recognize them a little bit more in a minute, but I'm going to ask you to have a seat. And if any moms got in here without getting a rose, 
We, we have one for you. So would you raise your hand up real high? If you did not get a rose, any moms at all? All right. I don't think he's a mom, but uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. If you didn't get one, keep your hand up. Also want to mention, I guess it would be appropriate, although not all of the sailors obviously are all men. There are a lot of ladies sailors, but last week it was pointed out we failed to mention uh, military spouses recognition. And so how many of you are spouses of people that are in the military? Would you stand? Go ahead and stand right now for just a moment. You have an incredible job to do, taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of, and thank you so much for doing so. God bless you. My wife's mama was a military spouse, and he was uh, Army for 21 years, I believe it was, 22 years. And uh, so I, I have a great appreciation for you who hold the fort down and keep things going and have to take care... When your husband or, or your spouse leaves, things break down, things don't work right, and you have to take care of all of that and manage the family and all. So thank you. My hat's off to you. If I had a hat, it would be off to you. So <laughs> Navigator's Baptism, 2 p.m. today, Coronado Beach, volleyball courts. Jake, where's Jake? Jake, Jake, going to be dunked, right? Going to hold him under, right? For the glory of God. Jake, God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Appreciate that. Uh, if you get an opportunity, would you connect with us with this? If you're a first-time guest especially, fill out one of these. Give it to me. If, if you fill it out and put your contact information, I will send you a Starbucks gift card in appreciation for you being here and being our guest today. If you are a member and you, you want to fill out a prayer request and so on, that's what these are for also. Go ahead and do that. Today, Moms That Made a Difference is our message for the day. And then military, uh, active duty military lunch on the patio. So you're invited if you're active military. Next Sunday, God called preachers. This is a this is a particular message that stirs my heart. I thank God for the calling uh, in my life to be in ministry. I have abs. If you want to know what it's like to surrender your life to become a pastor or youth worker or full time Christian worker of some kind, I have zero regrets. Absolutely zero regrets. I thank God for the privilege of being called. So some of you. God may be dealing with and calling into, into full-time service for the Lord and the Lord's army as opposed to the United States Navy, maybe. Who knows? Uh, so God called preachers next Sunday morning. Hope you'll be here for that. Michelle and David, are, are you full up now? You have, you have two places. Okay, so wave your hands again. Everybody look right there. Marriage Enrichment, June 9th and 10th, Unified Couples Retreat. See them for details on that. Uh, and if you want a Basque student, there's still time for you to let Julie know, and she'll take care of that. And then, uh, Rachel, can I, uh, can I announce about the Awana deal? Okay. All right. So they're going to need a new commander for the coming year. It is a paid position if you're interested. Uh, Rachel, wave your hand. Everybody knows who you are, Rachel. But anyhow, <laughs> go see her, uh, and she'll give you the, tell you the details of who to contact. But it was, it's a tremendous opportunity. They also are going to need a secretary. So I uh, want you to be able to have part in that if, if God would so lead. Yuli and Selena Hernandez, would you come forward? All right. Uh, this is a certificate of membership for Ulysses and Selena Hernandez, and I thank God for them. They've been in our lives for a long, long time, and I can't tell you how much we love this family. <laughs> Remain standing right here just for a moment. Yeah. 
Jason Talavera. Jason, new member here at First Baptist Church. Are you here, Jason? Come on up. God bless you. And uh, Yelen Talavera. Yelen Talavera, come on up. All right. And we have another new member right here. There we go. All right. So uh, thank God for them. I want you to welcome them. Extend the right hand of fellowship. Let them know right now you're glad they've joined First Baptist Church. God bless you all. Thank you. All right, let's continue to worship the Lord. Would you stand once again on this Mother's Day?
staggers our imagination that you even give us a thought, and yet you've loved us with a love that would cause your only begotten Son to leave all that's in heaven, to come down here and endure what he endured for us, and then to be crucified on that cross and to die. Lord, what an amazing love you had for us and still have for us. And we pray, God, because of that, that we would love you and serve you with all of our might, power, and strength. God bless this service, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, 
Amen. Thank you. May be seated. So glad to have you all here. I want all the young ladies and young men to come up here just before you go to class. And while they're doing that, everyone else, if you can find the book of Genesis, if you can't find the book of Genesis, you're in, in deep trouble. <clears throat> uh, the book of Genesis chapter 4 ought to be an easy one. You don't have to go to Ecclesiastes or anything. Just go right to the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. Boys and girls, how are you this morning? Everybody doing well? Good. I have a question. Does somebody know what kind of little girl your mom was? Anybody have an idea what kind of little girl your mom was? What do you, what do you think? What, what, what do you think? What kind, of, what kind of mom, what kind of little girl was your mom, do you think? Huh? Any ideas? Was she, was, she, was she having fun when she was a little girl? Huh? Yeah? What did you give your mom? For Mother's Day, anything? We got a card. A card? Oh, that's a oh, card. Okay, card. Yeah, okay, that's good. All right, that's good. What's the difference between moms and dads? Do you know? No? Do you know? What's the difference between moms and dads? They are different genders. You got that. Hey, how many genders are there? That's correct. Thank you. A little politics in here this morning. That's all right. We need that. So, so here's something to help your mama feel really, really, really good, hopefully. So I'm going to give one of these to each of you. Here you go. Here you go. Miss Pat, would you help me with this? This is taking longer than I thought it would. They're stuck together. You got two. You only got one mama, right? Okay. Here you go. Here's one for you, Allie. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. All right, what this says, I'm going to read it for you. It says, First Baptist Church of Coronado, good for three chores or three favors, no expiration date. So when you give this to your mom, she may want you to rub her feet. She may want you to vacuum the, the floor. She may want you to dry the dishes. Whatever it is, you do it with a smile. Can everybody smile? Let me see you smile. Yeah, I said, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Some of your smiles are perfect. All right. All right. Let's pray, okay? Let's pray for your mommy. Pray for the classes that you're going to today. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us the moms that you gave to us, Lord. And thank you for uh, the blessings of these children every Sunday that we get to talk to. Lord, thank you for truth that can be put into their young minds that will go with them the rest of their lives. Forgive us of our sins and bless us today in Jesus' name. And all the kids said... All right, take these to your mom before you go to class. Go ahead and take them to your mom. Right, go ahead, Ellie, take them to your mom. Okay, there you go, boys and girls. All right. You just never know. <clears throat> never know what you're going to get, right? Today we're preaching on mothers who made a difference. Now, a, a, a way of a, a kind of a disclaimer here, okay? I've been going pretty much expositionally and, and chronologically in the life of Christ, and this is going to be an exception because it's Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is a topic, and so uh, this is going to be more topical, so it's probably a lot more topics than what we needed here. I've got a whole bunch of moms I want to talk about. It's kind of a, a hall uh, of, of, of honor here. Uh, of the moms in our lives. Now, I've got one picture up here that's, uh, this is my mom, and I wish you could have known her. Some of you did. Uh, this is Jessie Lewis Bays, 
and she was uh, from Cave City, or Horse Cave, Kentucky, actually. Uh, my dad was from Horse Branch, so when they got their license, somebody made a crack about Horse Cave and Horse Branch, but anyhow, we'll not go there this morning. But this was my mom, and I thank God for her, and, and I want to honor all of the moms that are here, not just my mom, uh, but if you are a mom, would you go ahead and stand right now? Just go ahead and stand for a moment. And I'm telling you what, none of us would be here if it weren't for our moms. None of us would be. We thank God for you. Your job is a tough job. Sometimes it's a thankless job. A lot of times it's a challenging job. Uh, I, I, God made dads different from moms. And I'm telling you what, without moms, our families would be in a mess. So God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. May you have a blessed uh, Mother's Day above all Mother's Days. And, uh, Beyond the fact that being the lady, by the way, the, 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 the word, Greek word that is translated elect lady is only found twice in the entire Bible. It's found in 2 John's epistle and the idea of elect lady, uh, it's, it's the, mas- the feminine form of kurios, which is referring to the Lord. So you are honored by God himself in, in the word of God as, as elect, you are elect ladies and not just woman, you are elect ladies who God has blessed uh, to serve him and to serve your family in a very special way. So thank God for you. Not only did, uh, were you the lady who carried us for nine months and fed us from your own body and gave us uh, life through the arduous task that's called labor, uh, but our moms are a very important part of who we become or who we have become or who we will become. Uh, as always, I want to be sensitive to those who would love to be a mom, but for reasons unknown or maybe known at this point in time, you're unable to. I do not pretend to know your grief. Uh, I, the Bible records stories of those in your same predicament who uh, sorrowed much. And so um, I, 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 my heart goes out to you. Also, I want to be careful uh, in deference to those of you whose moms might have been absent, not in the home, or whose moms were perhaps abusive to you. Because uh, the concept of mother and father are difficult concepts for people who were abused in the home uh, by their parents. And so we just need to recognize that and to let you know that the, you have a, a father in heaven who also covers you with his wings as a mother. Uh, so there are references to uh, God who God the Father has no gender, if I can say it that way, but the, uh, pr- the pronouns used for him are masculine, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, except for where it talks about him covering us with his wings uh, as a mother hen. So, uh, so we, we want to be, be aware of some of the problems, but for most people, Mother's Day is a very uh, important time. Um, who made a difference in their children and in children's lives and consequently in the world. And, and this Hall of Fame would include, obviously, our very first mother named Eve, who's taken from the side of Adam. So the very first mom in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And again, she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, I know you know when it says Adam knew Eve, it doesn't mean he walked up to her, shook her hand, and said, well, good to meet you. My name is Adam, um, and uh, who are you? And she says, I'm Eve. And he said, well, you know, that's not what that means. That means he carnally knew her in the marriage relationship, the covenant relationship as husband and wife. And because of that uh, interaction, there were sons born. 
In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, he said to the woman, uh, by the way, these births were after the fall into sin. Did you realize that? So that uh, the, the consequence of, uh, part, of the, part of the consequence of, of sin entering the world was that uh, a, a woman's labor would be intensified and the pain would be intensified and that her conception would be multiplied. And he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Now, I'll say a bit more about that in just a moment. Uh, Eve gets blamed by a lot of people for our whole, uh, our whole society being in sin, the whole world being in sin. She gets the blame for the fall. However, the Bible makes it very clear that she was deceived. She fell through the deception instigated by the serpent. Now, don't, uh, don't ask me to explain why she started talking to a serpent, okay? Because I can't figure that one out either. Uh, I really don't know. There's some things that we just don't know, but we, I believe because there's so much in the Word of God that I do understand and can, and, and can comprehend with my finite brain that there are other things that, that are left un, not understood by me that I accept by faith. And this is one of the things that here she is. Uh, there's this whole garden and there's all these true fruit trees and, and they can eat from any of them except from one from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so in walking by it, perhaps, I don't know, in, in uh, being drawn to it because of the fruit on the branches, I don't know. But somehow or another, she wound up in close proximity and there was the serpent waiting for her. And I will promise you, if you are not careful, you will walk by uh, something or someplace or someone and you will be tempted just like Eve was tempted. And here she was deceived. She said, we're not supposed to eat from this tree, nor are we to touch it. Now, maybe that's what God said, but that's not what's recorded in the word of God. There were not to eat from it. He didn't say anything about not touching it. So, you know, by inference, perhaps she was adding to the word of God. We shall not eat from it. We shall not touch it. Uh, and so serpents said, don't you realize, and in effect, don't you realize that God just doesn't want you to become as he is? Because if you eat of this tree, you will become as God yourself. And so she was deceived, and she went ahead and ate of the, the fruit from this tree. Now, whereas she was deceived in uh, listening to the serpent, the serpent and Adam, guys, sinned by choice. Satan that serpent embodied by Satan. And, and you know what? In the Garden of Eden, is it possible they had a means of communicating with all the animal life? Is that possible? I, I, I don't know. I think I've got, you know, so I've had some animals, some pets that I'd love to be able to have a conversation with them. I've got some I'd really like to have a conversation with. <laughs> but, uh, but maybe they did. So maybe it's not that strange or that's weird, that weird. Some people believe, my wife believes there are colors in heaven that we've never even conceived of, never seen, never known anything about. Uh, others believe that uh, there, there will be animal life of all kinds that we don't know about. In There's so much that we don't know about heaven. And, and perhaps... Uh, perhaps that, that there was this ability to speak and communicate, but nevertheless, the serpent sinned by choice because he was controlled by the, by the evil one, by the, the devil himself. And Adam sinned by choice. He, had, he, he could have made a choice here. Here's Eve. He loved her uh, and, and wanted to uh, be with her. And the choice was, are you going to obey God and God's law or are you not? And there comes a time uh, which you have to make a choice. 
And, and no matter how close and how dear and how um, much you love someone, there has to be a clear choice made. And Adam made the choice to eat of that fruit also. What would have happened had he not done that? I don't know. We'll never know at this point. At least we don't know. So, uh, so since the serpent did the deceiving, his judgment would be humiliation because upon his belly he shall crawl all the days of his life. Because before that, uh, it, is, it is taught, theorized, and by many commentaries that the serpent did have legs on, upon which to watch. And there are residual legs uh, that uh, you, you can study in your science book that the, a serpent has uh, no longer functional, but, but the remnants of what used to be. So his humiliation, crawling on his belly in the dust, and his final defeat would be, ironically, perhaps, uh, at the, the, the woman's offspring. And, and the, Jesus being the Messiah, being the offspring of the Virgin Mary, would be the one who would finally defeat Satan. And that's exactly what happened. Eve would be judged with hard labor and increased conception, and her defeat would be characterized by conflict with her husband over leadership in the home. Not a popular subject today. God made the man to be leader in the home. Unapologetically, I say that. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. It doesn't mean he is to come home and, woman, get my slippers and my pipe. Bring them to me forthwith. It, it doesn't mean that. And Guys, if you're going to treat your wife that way, you're a numbskull. And you're going to have problems. And we don't make any big decisions without agreeing first. And, and if either one of us is not in agreement on a big decision, we don't do it. It's just that's a good way to go. And she's my best friend. She's my best counselor, my best advisor, my best cheerleader. You've heard all that stuff before, because, and I mean it absolutely. Uh, and so, but, but there is this thing that came upon marriages and upon relationships where there's a struggle sometimes. And, and I'm going to say, since it's, it's spouses, uh, whatever, vet, uh, yeah, veterans of, yeah, I can't talk this morning. Uh, spouse, and that's bad when a preacher can't talk. Uh, spouses Appreciation Day, uh, I will tell you, when, when, when your spouse, goes, let's talk about when a guy goes off, because uh, uh, it applies much easier, to, it's easier to understand. When a guy goes on deployment or whatever, he's gone for however many months, the wife has to step up, right? She has to take charge. She has to run the family. She has to take care of the water heater when it breaks down, the car when it breaks down, the, uh, the, the business of the home, the disciplining the church. She has to. And so when this guy comes back again, it's like, who are you, buddy? Things have been going smooth. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, sit on the couch. Go get your own pipe and slippers, you know, but... <laughs> I know, it's very sexist to say, isn't it? So, so you know, the same thing happens. But there's this, this conflict that, that so many homes have, and that, that's because it says in, in the Word of God that that would be part of the consequence. So, uh, and then Adam blamed Eve, by the way. He, he blamed Eve. What a man, right? He's really stepping up. You know, the Lord says to Adam, did you eat of the tree? He said, well, it was the woman. And, and he didn't just say it was the, my wife. He said it was the woman you gave me you did it. So he's really blaming his wife and he's blaming God. And the judgment would be worked by the sweat of his brow, battling the briars and the thistles and the thorns and the weeds and all of that in agriculture. And his defeat would be a return to the dust from which he came. Because Adam was formed out of the dust and the crust of the earth. 
And then God breathed in his nostrils, and man became a living soul. You say, preacher, you really believe that? Let me say, yeah, I really believe that. You mean you don't believe we evolved over millions of years? Nope. You don't believe we came monkeys? I didn't. <laughs> don't know about you, but I, I didn't. I came from, I was created in the image of God. I was not, human, human life is so far above animal life. It's not just the higher animal. No other animal was created in the image of God. No animal was created to become human. That's inconsistent with the teaching of the Word of God. It's inconsistent with the whole idea. So, so no, I believe we were, we were created from the elements of the earth, and our bodies are full of the elements of the earth. And, and we return to dust either rapidly in cremation or over a long period of time, slower oxidation methods of, of, of deteriorating and the body returning to dust. I believe all that. So curses were made against the serpent and the ground, but there would still be hope for man and woman. So much was lost in the fall, but not all was lost. So Eve was the first mom. She had a perfect husband. Uh, sort of, yeah, yeah. Uh, she lived in a perfect world. She had this incredible garden area that she loved to be in, and it was perfectly climate controlled, and it was perfectly uh, suited for them, providing food for them. There was rich fellowship with God on a daily basis as he walked with them literally in the garden. Eve didn't have a mom to consult. When she and Adam got married, she couldn't talk to her mom about anything. She had no mom, oh, no mother-in-law either. Yuli, I'll tell you those jokes a little bit later on if you want to hear those, okay? Uh, so, and no one told her how to breathe in childbirth, you know? Uh, parenting skills had to be learned firsthand because she, she didn't even begin as a child herself. All of this was brand new. She was created with the appearance of maturity and so on, and given to Adam, and, and Adam was created the same way, and she had many children. Cain and Abel were just two of them. When, when people said, well, Cain went to the land of Nod and met his wife and got married, where'd she come from? I, I hesitate to say this. She was his sister. But that's who she was. This was before the prohibition about marrying close relatives, which came along with Mosaic law. There are several People in the Bible who previous to that were married to closer relatives, but that's the only, that, that, you say, is that the only alternative? It's the only alternative from a biblical standpoint is that Adam and Eve had many children. Well, what, how, why does it mention just Cain and Abel? Because those are the two that this story uh, had to deal with where one brother killed his other brother. So both came from the same home, Cain and Abel. Both had the same environment. Both had the same parents. Both had the same personal responsibility, and one of them killed the other one. So you can have two children or 10 children. They're all going to be unique, aren't they? We have three. They're all different from each other. Every single one is different from the other. And I'm sure Eve cried many tears over the loss of her son, Abel. But I'm also certain she cried perhaps even more 
over Cain. She learned a lot through obedience to God and through disobedience to God, and she taught a lot to her children, and I think she was an incredible mom. We talk about Noah's wife in Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all the living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along the earth, along with the earth, build a large boat from cypress wood, waterproof it with tar inside and out, construct decks and stalls throughout the interior. And this second mom that I wanted to talk about, I thought was important in the Bible, didn't even have a name that we know of. We have no idea what her name was. I called her Mrs. Flood. But that's not really a thing. This is Noah's wife. And of the entire population of the earth, which I have no idea what it was at that point in time, not nearly what it is now, no doubt, but Noah and his wife and three sons and daughters-in-law were saved. They were the only ones that were saved. So she must have done an incredible job at so influencing her sons that when judgment was about to fall, they followed their parents when what they said didn't make sense to them because up until this point, there had been no rain on the earth. There'd been a mist that had gone up uh, from the ground that kept things watered, and, uh, but there had been no rain. There was this perfect, again, this perfect environment that, uh, uh, that was destroyed because of the flood when the fountains of the deep and the fountains above were opened up. And so they influenced their sons in a, in a wonderful way so that they were obedient and they were spared uh, from this terrible judgment. So aside from that, she had to deal with a 120-year building program. Uh, you know, you ever had an addition put on your house? You ever had a wall knocked out? Well, it's going to take two months and it'll be $28,000. No, it'll take four months and it'll be whatever twice 28 is. 56,000 or something like that. It's just, it's going to be twice as long and take twice as much. And so she was in a hundred and year, 120 year building program while the ark was being built. Then she had to gather up all of her belongings, ladies. How would you like this? And move into a houseboat. Now I know the Kellys have done it. I don't know how they do it. I know they've done it very well, uh, but that's what she had to do. And then, and, and by the way, it was covered inside and out. Did you catch that with tar? Will you love that? Huh? You'd walk and your feet would stick to the floor. Uh, and it was full of animals. I'm telling you, they were inside for seven months and she did not complain one time that we know of. <laughs> I wonder if she got seasick on top of that. But she was there for her husband and children and became part of reestablishing a whole new population after the flood. Then there's Sarah. Sarah, in Genesis 21, 1, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord said to Sarah as he had spoken, promising her that she would have a son, promising her that she would have a baby, even though she was older now. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, and at the set time of which God had spoken to him, and Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Sarah had given up hope of having a child. She just didn't think it was going to work. She, she was, well, 90 years old, go figure. And she had tried to do in the flesh what only God can do. And she had tried to give him, uh, Abraham, a son by her handmaiden, Hagar. And that caused a problem that has ramifications down to this very hour. 
in the Middle East. She knew God would fulfill his promise, but she questioned how he could do that, so she tried to help God out. Have you ever tried to help God out? Well, I know it's going to work because God says it will. Let's see, if I, if I, what if I do this or what if I do that? And we try to manipulate situations, try to somehow work things out. You see, God doesn't always work in rational ways as we count rational ways. God isn't always logical in that sense, but he always, always fulfills his promises. Sarah had that little baby, and that baby grew up to be one of the founding fathers of, of what would become the nation of Israel. Hebrews 11, 11 says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God could keep his promise. I'm going to tell you something, even when it seems like there's no way that things are going to work out, God will work out his promises. He absolutely will. You can proverbially go to the bank with that. When God promises something, he's able to do it. Then there was Mrs. Lot, a mother's downfall in Genesis 19, 26. You remember how Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed because of their great wickedness, their exceeding wickedness, and how that these angels came down and tried to get um, Lot and his family and, and any other people away and, and how Abraham interceded and got him down to if we can just find 10 righteous souls in the whole city. If we find 10 and, and the whole of two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, if we find 10 righteous people, God said, I won't destroy the city. Could not find 10. So Lot and his wife and two daughters leave the town before the judgment hits. And God told them, don't look back. And his wife looked back from behind him, Genesis 19, 26, and became a pillar of salt. She was killed right there. Luke 17, 32 says, remember Lot's wife. She was too attached to the world, too attached to the philosophies of the world. God help us not to be taken in by the false philosophies of the world. The, the so-called, the Bible talks about so-called sciences, the so-called science. Again, I made reference to it, of evolution, so-called science. She lost her life. She lost her husband's integrity. She lost her daughter's purity. Uh, this world can entice you. This world can also cause you great, great harm. It did for Lot's wife. It did for Jezebel. It did for Potiphar's wife. It did for many, many others. And it can rob you and leave you in the end. Then there was Jochebed, unusual name. A mother's protection, the mother of mothers. This is Moses' mother. She was an incredible woman. In Genesis chapter 2, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. The king had said, these Israelites are getting too powerful for us. He said to the midwives, when they have a baby, if it's a baby boy, uh, destroy him. If it's a baby boy, kill him. And so the midwives... Uh, didn't go along with that. And they said the, the Hebrew women are much different than the Egyptian women. They have their babies before we can even get there. So Jochebed, instead of turning her son over, instead of killing her son herself, instead of giving him away, instead of whatever, uh, she risks her life to protect her son uh, for several months, for three months, and was rewarded for it. Not only in wage, she got paid to take care of her own baby. How about that? Well, that's a part-time gig if I ever heard of one, huh? That's a good deal. She got paid to take care of her own son. That's, I mean, that's how amazing God is. God can work out things that we can't even begin to imagine. What if 
Moses had been killed? What if he had been slain uh, as a newborn? What a difference he made in the life of Israel. He was the one who led them out of captivity, out of slavery. And I think to myself, of the millions of little babies' lives that have been snuffed out since 1973, what a different world this might have been if these children had been allowed to live and fulfill the plan that God would have for them. Then we have Rahab. I'm not going to say a lot about Rahab. I will say this, though. She was a prostitute, and she had a house on the city wall, and the spies from Israel came in to look at Jericho, and she told them, we have been scared to death ever since we heard about you leaving Egypt. We have been so scared because we know what God did in stopping the water. We know that God is with you. And she hid these two spies uh, from the authorities. And then uh, later on, she, they, she said, remember me and my father and my family. And, and they said, if you'll bring them all in the house and you'll, you'll put a scarlet thread in your window, then I'll remember you. Isn't that interesting? That scarlet rope was what they descended from Jericho, from the walls of Jericho, from, this, from Rahab's house. But you know what happened? We see a mother's repentance in Rahab. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. You know what? We see a prostitute today and we think, what? We should think there is a trophy of God just waiting just waiting to be saved, just waiting to be claimed by God. See, Rahab wasn't just a woman who got right with God and changed her ways. Rahab was not just a woman with great faith believing in the God of Israel. Rahab was a woman who became significant in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. She had not been the kind of mother anyone would have wanted to have. But this demonstrates the grace of God. And no man and no woman is beyond the reach of Almighty God. Then there was Hannah, a mother's prayer. Again, unable to conceive, she did. She said, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you. That's exactly what she did. She gave her son back when he was weaned. She took him to the temple and left him there. And he became one of the most powerful judges and prophets in all of Israel's history. And then there was Ruth showing a mother's faith, the wife of Malon, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She would become the wife of Boaz and therefore would become the mother, quote unquote, of both David and Jesus in that same lineage as well. And God rewarded her loyalty and her faithfulness. And I love this passage. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee for whithersoever thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, thy God, my God. And where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord so do so to me, and more also, if aught between death, part thee and me. And she was greatly blessed of God because of her faith. But then I close with not the last woman mentioned in the Bible, but with a very significant one, uh, maybe the most significant one in a lot of ways, Mary, the mother of Jesus. In Matthew 1, 16, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Teenage mom, probably. 
more than likely, teenage mom who was told you're going to have a child, told by an angel, and her response to the angel was not, what? Her response to the angel was, so be it unto your servants. She magnified the Lord. She gave glory to God's name. She knew she was pure. She knew she had never been with a man in that intimate way. She knew that. Other people didn't. Her own fiancé was trying to figure out how to put her away privately. He didn't want to have her stoned to death. He could have under the law, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to somehow figure out how to, how to get out of this gracefully, out of this, this betrothal, this engagement. And the angel appeared to him and said, that which is born of her is of God the Father. And so this devout woman with no suffering, with no heartache, with no victory. This godly woman, this godly young lady, would turn into an elect lady chosen by God to bear the Son of God, clothed in flesh. She was a supportive mother to Jesus. You remember at Cana? Go do whatever he says to do. Do whatever he says to do. And at the cross, one of the most heart-wrenching scenes there has to, has to have ever been she was seeing her son's life ebbing out through every wound. And he said to her, woman, behold thy son, referring to John. And he said to the disciple John, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home, John chapter 19. There are a lot of many other important women and moms in the Bible. Each one has their strong points. Each one has the weak points. And so do ours. No doubt, so do you if you're a mom. Nevertheless, we honor you as moms to your children, as you protect them, as you help parent with your husband, as you become the cheerleader for the, your husband, praise them for the works. A, a virtuous woman, a capable, intelligent, virtuous woman, who is he that can find her? She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. And that's mine right there. That's mine. Guys, if you've got a wife like that, love on her. Let her know you love her. Be faithful to her. Grow old together. It doesn't take long. Growing old part does not take long at all. I told you, I had to wind my grandfather clock again today. It's an eight-day clock. I have to wind it every three days. <laughs> Some of you will get that about 2 o'clock this afternoon. It'll be done. So honor your moms today. You know what? What about if your mom's not here? You know what I did? I posted something a few days ago. I said, happy Mother's Day in heaven, Mom. Yeah, happy Mother. And in the bulletin, I wrote... Something you get a chance, you might want to read it about a trinity of sorts. My mom, my wife, my mother-in-law. I joke, Yuli, about mother-in-laws, but I thank God for my mother-in-law. I thank God for you who have that opportunity to influence your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren by the kind of mom that you are today. Would you bow your heads, please? Our Father in heaven, 
so grateful for the moms in the Word of God that were faithful, loving, obedient to you, amazing moms. But I'm also thankful for those who had five husbands and the, and the man they were living with was not their husband and they got saved and turned their life around. I thank you for Rahab who was a prostitute who gave away that most precious gift for money who became a believer in you. Lord, I think of how influential my mom was in my life and I pray God that Every lady who is a mom would aspire to be that influential in a good way for the cause of Christ in the lives of their families. Lord, if there's someone, or maybe a mom here, maybe a dad, maybe a single person who's not yet turned their life over to you and you haven't yet become their father, may today be the day they do that. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please, as we stand together? We sing a couple of verses of invitation. This is your opportunity to come and to receive Christ as your personal Savior or to come and say you'd like to be baptized or to come and say you want to become a member or whatever else it is on your heart and on your mind. My wife's right here, ladies. If you want to come down and have prayer with her, talk to her. Rachel's back in the back, right over here. Uh, and and uh, I'm down here, guys, and Ryan is where? Ryan is right back in here somewhere, or maybe he's not. Okay. I'm right here, guys. Rick's right here. Raise your hand, Rick. You, you can pray with him. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky. So as we sing, you do what God's leading you to do right now as we sing. Come on. rest of the Mother's Day, and it is the Lord's Day as well. Thank you for being here today.
Thank you.